You're listening to Dangerous to Go Alone. My name is Jay Ray, and this is the second of three podcasts I'm going to be on this week. You're doing a great job. Thank you. Uh, I'm Amanda. <laughs> that was your fact. That was my fact. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. Uh, I'm Amanda, and five years ago, I fractured my spine. Oh, five years ago today? No, but pretty close. Oh my gosh. It was in the month of August. For those of you who don't know, Amanda used to be an MMA fighter. That's right. (laughs) And she fought a 40-foot cliff. (laughs) And lost. And I lost miserably to the water. I did. That's tough. Your back's fine now. Sort of. She walks her dog by doing cartwheels. It's so weird. <laughs> I'm kind of a cyborg. Well, that's no, that that's should not, have been my fact. My name is Amanda, and I'm a cyborg. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to split hairs, but that's not what a cyborg is. All right. Hair <laughs> split. Okay. Hair has been split. Okay. Um, so this week, we're doing another spoiler cast. This time about Star Trek Beyond. Oh my goodness! I got a hiccup. Um, you okay. Yep. Yeah, do great. <laughs> We saw it this past weekend, which was opening weekend. No, it was not. You're the incorrect. After, the week after. <laughs> <laughs> you lead the conversation then, you <laughs> punk. We saw it on Sunday, which was yesterday. So we are one day away from it. And after we walked out of the theater, we said nothing to each other about this film. So it's this is going to be an exciting, fresh conversation for you guys. Well... They're all fresh to them. They don't know what we talk about. Good point, but... It's fresh for us. But I, I'm letting you know, spoiler alert, <laughs> behind the scenes, we don't know what we're going to talk about either. Sure, <laughs> sure. Um, so, I want you to lead the way today. The whole The, the whole, whole thing. thing. The whole thing. All right, so let's talk about where we're at with Star Trek in our lives. Sure. Um, I wouldn't consider myself a big Star Trek fan. I like Star Trek. I grew up in a household in which my mother loved the original series of Star Trek. So it was on in the house sometimes. I definitely saw enough of it, and I've watched some of it in my more adult years. Um, And I like it. My mom also liked a couple of the original films. She really liked 2 and 4, which was The Wrath of Khan, and the one about the whales, where they got to save the whales. I think, uh, <laughs> oh man, it's like uh, Voyage Home or something yeah, like that. Vo- yeah, yeah, something I'll like that. Those were her, her, the ones she liked, so those used to be on sometimes, too. Um, but yeah, I never particularly got into Star Trek. I never watched Next Generation or Deep Space Nine or Voyager, right, is the other one? Yep. Never watched any of them, not a single episode. And then when this new franchise reboot thing happened, I've seen all of these in theaters. So I went to go see Star Trek, and what was the second one called? Star Trek... Into into the Darkness? Into Darkness, Darkness, (laughs) Into the Deep. Rolling in the Deep, Adele. Let me tell you, we're starting off real strong. Real strong. So, um, yeah, now we went to go see Star Trek Beyond. So that's pretty much, that's my history of Star Trek. Um, my, so as we all know, or as someone's probably going to correct this because the internet's full of smart asses. That's true. Is that the derogative... We love you smart asses. I don't. You're a bunch of... I love you smart asses. <laughs> um, what do you call it? Uh, the derogatory term for someone who is a huge fan of Star Trek is a Trekkie. 
correct. Trekker is, is the a, preferred term. That is correct, as we all learned from fanboys or from actually liking Star Trek. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, depending on where you come from. Uh, I probably haven't let it be known here, but I think many people know in my life that I am a Star Wars person if I had to pick one of the two. And of course, realistically, they really should be compared because Star Trek is sci-fi and Star Wars is sci-fan. That's true. Yes. Um, that being said, my mother was a very big fan of Voyager and Next Generation. Okay. So, not the original series, but... Your my, mother's much younger than mine. A little bit younger than your mom. Right. <laughs> so, we like that. We did watch some Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine and Voyager were on at the same time. Mm-hmm. I actually think they take place during the same time period. Like, the Deep Space Nine station exists with that crew at the same time the Voyager crew is floating That's around That's pretty space. cool. Um, that, so that being said, I watched those. Um, I didn't really ever watch the movies. Your mom's thoughts on those films is not an uncommon thought. It seems right. to be the even-numbered movies are the better ones. And how many were there? There weren't six. Um, or eight. I'm trying to pull it up. We started talking at the same time. Um, and then I didn't. That's, That's okay. what happened. Um, but there's a few. There's a lot. Feature films. Here we go. Um, the first six films continue the adventures of the original series. Okay, so six. The seventh film, Generations, was a crossover between um, original and next generation. I wonder if my mom liked six. Which one is six? <clears throat> uh, it's called Generations. No, you said seven was Generations. Oh, what was six called? It doesn't have it here. Okay. I didn't find a comprehensive list of it. Sorry. I think those were the only the two we owned. We owned them on VHS. Undiscovered Country. Oh, yeah. I do think she likes that one, but yeah. we didn't own it. We owned the other two. Um, interestingly enough, the director for three and four were Leonard Nimoy. Wow. And for five was William Shatner. Wow. <clears throat> um, so that's my history with it. I was super excited for the new movies because, one, I always have trouble watching watching listening looking anything that's old i just have trouble i can't get past the age degradation and all that jazz so to watch new movies was really exciting and you know it was at a time where jj abrams was really this untouchable nerd so that was super exciting um also this was at a time where we never thought we'd get more star wars movies so i was just willing to go back into space good point um yeah so i mean I'm, i'm a fan of this current run of films me too yeah. Yeah, I was I was excited. I guess for different reasons um when the first one came out. Um cuz I just want you, you know, I know what you're saying. Jerry and I disagree on this point about old things. I I don't have as much of a problem as he does, but in this case I sort of feel you when I tried to go back recently. It was like maybe 5 or 6 years ago and watch the original series. It's tough. Cuz it's not just like all the crappy whatever that doesn't really bother me but like Kirk and the way he treats women is like tough to sit through (laughs) in 2016 in a way that I'm sure was fine at at another time um and just the whole structure of it is kind of tough so I was excited because I liked this thing and now I could have a version of it that was more something that I could actually be into all right yeah that's fair um yeah I mean because there's a I mean we could, I could watch A New Hope today, and I could appreciate the stuff, you mm. know. Um, the bad effects. I mean, 
it's an interesting thing to bring up briefly because George Lucas, uh, people accuse him of ruining those movies because he keeps going back to re-edit them. Right. But what we like about them is all that kind of nonsense about it. Um, and it doesn't always translate, and I think the original series is kind of like that, unless you watched it at the time. Right. Um, so, we won't go... Well, I mean, we could talk briefly about those other movies as they come up, the first and second of this generation of film. Yeah, I'll just say that I, I really liked the first one a lot, and I liked the second one, Into Darkness, we've decided. Um, but I did not like it as much, and because I'd seen The Wrath of Khan so many times, I really didn't need that movie in my life. Um, you really think Wrath of Khan's better? Like, really talk. Like, real talk. Like, really think about it. And I ask only because, like, I get when people say they saw it before, and maybe it's a movie they watch frequently, once every couple of years or something, and then they see Into Darkness, and they get, like, they get the beats. Right. Right? But I watch Wrath of Khan maybe twice. And I can't say Wrath of Khan's a better movie. Um, I, I don't think that it's necessarily a better movie, but I, I think they're probably just as good as each other for different reasons. And because I'd seen the first one a hundred times or whatever, not that many, but at least 20 times for sure. Right. Um, I just didn't need it. It doesn't mean I didn't like it. I still liked it. I just didn't need it because the first, because Wrath of Khan did all that for me and I didn't need it. That's all I mean. It doesn't mean I disliked it. It nope. doesn't mean I thought it was bad. I, yeah, I'm just, I, just I think wanna, it's on equal footing. I, yeah, because I just want to go on record again. Obviously, I'm a Star Wars fan. But mm -hmm. I just feel like when that separation happened, aside from general reboot malaise, um, people should have just chilled out. You know, uh, There's already been a tone set by the first movie about the parallel universe, about how things... I mean, it's the same universe. So Khan exists. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, people should be bugging out about the continuity of having Wrath of Khan in the second film. Because Khan is a person who comes in the original series as, like, a person that they talk to. Right. You know? <clears throat> um, and then Wrath of Khan shows up, like, way later. Right. So, like, the first interaction we have with Khan, it plays out similarly to how the movie does, you know? Because mm -hmm. I, mean, I guess what's weird to me, though, is, like, Wrath of Khan has, like, baggage. It has an entire series and movies attached to it. Yes. Because if you recall, man, it's Chekhov for sure. I think he's the captain of his own ship and he gets taken by Khan. Mm -hmm. But, like, that doesn't happen here. But it matters in Wrath of Khan because we've known Chekhov for 15 years or whatever. Right, right, right. <clears throat> um, so that's what people should be bugging out about. Why are we hanging out with Khan so early in the Star Trek universe? This new Star Trek universe. Yeah, that's what they should bug out. Not that it's the same story, because it makes sense that the same story would happen, because it's the same... It's a parallel universe. Yeah, and again, I don't and have I'm a not, problem... It's not you. I don't have a problem... It's them. <laughs> I don't have a problem that it exists, <coughs> and there's plenty right. of people who never saw Wrath of Khan, and now they have this, and I feel great about that. I've got zero problems with that. I'm just saying, for me personally, I did not need it, because right. I saw Wrath of Khan. Sure. Sure. That's all I'm saying about it. So I just liked it less than the first movie for that reason. I still really liked it. I thought it was a great movie. Um, yeah, that's all. Um, this movie uh, is a news story. It's co-written by Simon Pegg and some Doug something. I've got it. She says she's got it. She's bragging about it. It's how written by her. five people. Oh, no. Simon Pegg and Doug Jung. Thank There's you. other people credited, including Gene Roddenberry, 
Yeah, because it's, like, based on characters by and all that yeah. kind of jazz. Yeah, and there's, like, three uncredited writers, but I don't know what that means. So Simon Pegg and Doug Jung. Yeah. Um, I'm a big Simon Pegg fan, personally. I don't know how Amanda feels. That's Oh, is that Doug Jung? That is Doug Jung. Who is, did he play Sulu's, spoiler alert, husband? Oh, I don't know. I mean, am I being racist? Because he's just, like, an Asian guy. <laughs> you might uh, be being racist. But Simon Pegg was racist. in the movie and he wrote it, so that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Can we talk still? Yeah, we can okay. talk. Sorry. Um, so I was really excited to hear Simon Pegg was going to write the movie, mostly just because I like Simon Pegg. I know he's a big nerd in and of itself, but I don't know what his relationship is to Star Trek. But, um, okay. <laughs> it wasn't. You're racist. It wasn't. I was being racist. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure Sulu's husband was cuter than that. No offense, Doug John. Wow. What's worse, me being racist or me being shallow? <laughs> um, so... There was a lot of negative reaction when the first trailer came out. Did you see the first trailer? You probably don't recall. I don't recall it, no. But um, I remember the negative reaction. How does that happen? Because you were talking about it all the fucking time. That can't be true at all. Because <laughs> I only cared a little bit. Okay. <laughs> I mean, this was like a movie that I was like, whatever, I'll see it if I see it. Sure. It wasn't until we got closer where I was excited about it. Sure. And it wasn't until literally I was sitting in the theater where I lean over to Amanda and I say, I'm excited. Yes, that's It was the true. Paramount logo was happening. That's I wasn't true. excited before that. I was about as excited to see this movie as I was to see Life of Pets. And I might have even been a little bit more excited to see Life of Pets. Secret Life of Pets. I think I lied. He was in the movie as a character named Ben. Do you think Ben was his husband? I think it might be. All right. Well, you keep looking up. I'm going to keep talking because you're just derailing this whole thing. I'm very sorry. Um, And you're not contributing. It's time to be off. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's all I'm saying. Shut the fuck up. I'm paying attention. I'm not looking at my phone anymore. Um, Anyway, so what what a lot of people were accusing was that the movie didn't feel like Star Trek. They destroyed the ship in the trailer. And I feel like it's just weird to not have the ship. And I also feel like we've destroyed the ship so many times, you know? Um, in 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 these three movies. Like, every movie, you can pretty much guarantee that the Enterprise is going to get wrecked quite a bit. Um, in a way that it's not in other movies. Because the first movie, they weren't on the five-year voyage yet, right? Kirk doesn't become captain till the end. And then in the second movie, they still haven't done the five-year voyage. They're still putzing around doing local Federation stuff. Right. So they've never been out. So they can keep destroying the ship and bringing it back for repairs or whatever. So this one, like, they were out for three years, they said. Um, so I think that upset people because in, like, the people who have the roles on the ship can't do the roles on the ship. You know, you won't get Chekhov talking to Sulu and stuff across the comms. It's just, like, a little bit weirder. Well, let me just interject. And I'm saying from the trailer, oh, just to be clear. From your perspective there or from the people who didn't like it perspective? from the people who are complaining about the trailers. Because the thing that's sort of silly about that, I mean, I can understand it. If they if they think it's boring or annoying that they've fucked up the ship so many times, but, like, people sitting in a room talking about whatever they talk about is, like, a television thing, and that doesn't work in a movie. Like, the movie couldn't be a shot of just the captain's room. That's what you're saying? Why are you looking at me like that? Are you telling me that you believe that people sitting down doesn't make interesting movies correct 12 angry men <laughs> 12 angry men is like the greatest film Re- of all hunt time for red october i never I'm saw like, for red literally october. any submarine movie i mean there are tons of movies that literally do what you're saying don't make take place cinema. in one room action movies run for red october is <laughs> i never saw hunt for red october. Uh, well that's fair but so I'm i don't saying, know <laughs> I just, I, that's a bold statement to okay. make. and i mean again we're talking about essence of the thing is why people were upset sure star trek was meant to be what it is it was I mean, and I bring up the submarine thing because I remember 
watching a Gene Roddenberry interview, and I believe he had compared it to be submarines in space. So it's slow moving. It's one or two torpedoes. It was never like light them up, which is sure. what happens all the time. Right. But that was a lot of negative comments about this run of the movies. Was that like they I turned see. it into Star Wars, which we find out was kind of Abrams' point because he wanted to direct Star Wars, <laughs> sure. which he was allowed to do. <laughs> <clears throat> um, right. Yeah, and I could see that. My mom, I took my mom to see Into Darkness. Right. Uh, she didn't see the first one, but she saw Into, Into Darkness, and she was very... My mom doesn't like action movies, so she was like, I don't like this. This right. isn't Star Trek. And they just did The Wrath of Khan before my eyes, and I'd just rather watch The Wrath of Khan. That was definitely my mom's takeaway from that movie. So it makes sense that people who are, especially of the OG series, big fans of that, might be disappointed that this thing has turned into an action movie. But that is what it is today. And because that's what it is, things need to blow up. And lots of things got to get shot and people got to run around and not be in one room. I mean, this is a weird stance that you and I are taking because we flipped. Because you're talking about how much you love Wrath of Khan. Sure. And now you're telling me how new and modern it needs to be. And I'm like saying, remember? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, interesting. I do remember, but it's 2016. And I don't know, just different. It's different. I mean, everybody loved The Revenant. And sure, he wasn't in one room. We did not love The Revenant, so this is a bad example. <laughs> no, it's a great example because Leonardo DiCaprio won an Academy Award. Sure. And a bunch of other people did, too, based on that movie. Okay. I don't... Something happening is relative, right? And you just take it in context of what the world is. So Leonardo DiCaprio walking through the woods for, like, four hours mm-hmm. is something because that's all you could do back then was walk through the woods. So you get sure. it, you buy into it, or you don't. We didn't like the movie because we didn't buy into the original premise. But the people who did, I mean, they're going to rewatch that movie all the time. I feel really bad for them. It was a bad I don't know movie. who liked that movie. I didn't talk to one single person in my actual life who enjoyed that film. I try not to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> people say, oh, did you see The Revenant? And I kind of like... No, I did not. Don't yeah, talk to me about my it. Head, yeah. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I just think it would have been interesting. And now, now you've got me debating from the perspective of these people who I wasn't agreeing with, but because you've taken my stance, I feel like I have to go the other way. But a different movie than Star Wars. Yeah. It would have been interesting to have, like, this complicated diplomatic space drama that's a little more slower, but maybe has more girth in, like, the plot. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh and it's true, and I'd like to see it, but, uh, and maybe, I think you made a very good point before when you were like, Star Wars hadn't happened yet, when they made the first run right. of these movies. Right. And so, it to me, back when they did that, it wouldn't have made sense to try to do something else, because it was not like it was filling a void. There's plenty of, like, nerdy action flicks these days with comic books, but there wasn't anything spacey that was like, right? Yeah, but I mean, like, there's nothing ever spacey that is slower. Like, they don't do 12 Angry Men in space. But they could. <laughs> right, they could. I don't but know. then why would it have to be in space, right? Yeah, because why not? What would that That's add exa- to it, though? Nothing. It would still be 12 Angry Men, so... Yeah, but because their coffee mugs would be floating on coasters. <laughs> and they'd be buzzing And that around. would make the movie totally worth exactly. it. Exactly. When the bailiff comes in and says it's lunchtime, <laughs> it'd be fucking Rosie the Robot from Oh, the my Jetsons. God. That's funny. Um, yeah, it's, it's just the setting. I mean, why did Leonardo DiCaprio have to get mauled by a bear in the Old West? James Franco got stuck by a rock today. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> sure. It doesn't really matter. It's just a thing, you know? Okay. Um, <clears throat> all right. That's fine. Whatever. That's interesting. See? Fresh conversation. We didn't even know that we disagreed so much on this movie. Um, 
So, so what else? You keep going then. Because, that, yeah, you've derailed me. You threw me off entirely. I don't it's remember not your what fault, we were talking we about. <laughs> okay. well, what did you think about the movie then? Let's get to there. I really liked the movie. And actually, I would go, I'm going to make a bold statement here. Super bold. You've been making bold statements all night. Yeah. I'm just feeling bold today. Um, I think that it was my favorite of the three. I think I, because I definitely liked it better than two. And I think I might have liked it better than one. But I haven't seen one in a long time. So maybe it'd be worth the revisit. I feel like. You did a rating yesterday, and you didn't say this. Like, you gave one the top spot. So I, I did not do that. Because I, I thought really that the moment I walked out of this movie, I definitely did not do that. Somebody sure else did. might have done that. Listeners, I think she did. J-Ray, so we didn't know. talk about the movie, J-Ray, so I don't know why we, you think no, that I said that. Okay, because we did talk about the movie. <laughs> and we said, Amanda, <laughs> I let her have the reins, and she just lies to you, listeners. But we said that we would share some thoughts. And we would see so that we could think about it and we could mull it over during the podcast. Oh my god, Jerry. Can we please? Um, I would probably I kinda liked Into the Darkness. I might give it the top one. I don't like origin stories, so the first one has a lot of filler that I could skip past to get to the meat of it. Yeah. You know? Once Kirk is in Starfleet Academy, then like that's an interesting movie to me. I would and I don't not like it, but that's why I'd probably give it like three. Mm-hmm. This one was good. Um, I really hate... It's a stupid thing to complain about. But I hate little swarmy enemies. Mm. I feel like I've seen it a bunch. Sure. I feel like Michael Bay does it in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And he does it in Transformers. I feel like Ender's Game looked like that. Just like these... Ender's Game did look a lot like into that. that stuff. Good yeah. point. And it's just like... I don't, I don't know. It's just boring because it's like, because we get it. They're too small and you can't shoot them and they're a big cloud or whatever. And it's like, I don't know. It's just kind of lame to me. And then I never understand scale in situations like this either. Because am I led to believe that these enemies are literally crashing their ships into the other ship? Are they dying? Are they making it? Mm-hmm. Are their ships made for ramming through? Um, but that being said, it's super sad, but Star Trek has some of the best shots of people getting sucked into space. You really feel bad for those people. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, there's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing that can be done. You're not, you're not thrown out of life raft for those guys. Then you're Sandra Bullock. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Except she had it better because she had a helmet on. She had a helmet. <laughs> some of those people were in the toilet. I mean, she right? was in a spacesuit. Yeah. yeah, she was doing okay. <clears throat> um, there was a funny bit where... Nobody was in the toilet while their ship was under attack. They might have. Like, what if you were in the toilet first? And you still get attacked. You don't know. Like, maybe That's like, all right, funny. well, let me finish it up. You know, let me finish what's happening. Um, oh, God. There was a funny bit where the enemies were boarding the ship. And I don't even know the name of this species. but maybe No, they never... The... You know what? I had that... Not like as a huge complaint, but as a sort of complaint walking away. I was telling my mom about this movie. And I was mentioning this great new character um whose name i'm going to look up was it crawl or was it the lady Jaleesa? the lady yeah jayla and they never said what species she was either in right. star trek i have to say was like all about species the yeah. original series like every episode they encountered a new species and we learned about a new species of alien or whatever and that's how that show went so i was like why aren't they talking about what the fuck this woman is right that's true yeah. But then I was like, maybe I'm supposed to know. But I, I didn't know. Well, because the other interesting thing, too, right, is, like, they're, like, far away, deep space. So maybe some of these things don't have names. You know, it's one of those kinds of things. Like yeah, maybe... but, like, wouldn't she have had a name for herself? 
Like, yeah. I would think, like, maybe she would introduce herself. Or the other woman you're talking about, too, who um, originally boards the ship. Calera? Oh, no, I wasn't talking about her at all. Oh, okay. But, yeah, um, yeah. So we don't know what species she is, either. Yeah, part of me doesn't, like, particularly care. It only matters, I think, when they have some type of race loyalty. Right. Um, so, again, Nero, from the first one, was Romulan, and that was, like, his thing, right? Right. Um, Khan, who was, like... I forget what he was. He was like a super clone, something like that. Mm-hmm. Was, yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, that was a thing too. But I felt like the point of this planet that this movie takes place on was it's like, it's just whoever stumbles there. Yeah. And what I think ends up happening to the main bad guy, Kral, is that uh, he finds this technology or whatever on this planet and he starts like, he mutates into whatever crashes into his planet. I think. Yeah. So I think that's why he was becoming more human. Toward the end, because he was using the life of the Enterprise staff. Yeah, so I think so. more of a person. Yeah. Um, sorry, there was a shot where they were boarding the ship. And uh, it was a bunch of red shirts firing down a hallway. And then a ship lands behind them, like crashes through the hull. A dude comes out and shoots him with like one electric bolt gun thing and they all die. And they're all wearing red shirts. And I was just like... They're all wearing red shirts. There's like nothing else. There's no reason for them. And I know the shirts correspond with your rank. Right. But I just thought it was funny because like of the thing, obviously, with the red shirts. Right. And um, because they really, they had that, I think it was a joke in the first movie where um, Sulu and Kirk are, and this guy Olsen are parachuting down the ship to like the drill. Mm-hmm. And then Olsen dies only person wearing a red shirt out of the three of them right sure but then so it's just funny to see a whole row of them right that's it fair enough thank you that's funny um what else do you want to talk about (laughs) um well i didn't have that same problem with the uh swarm thing as you because i don't have a problem with that as a general rule of thumb um but I will say what I was saying to you yesterday that I thought was kind of an interesting thing about this movie, that this movie really stood on this theme of unity, mm-hmm. that uh, it, it was a pretty powerful scene, I'd say, when they were, they'd been captured by Crawl, like a number of them, and the alien person gave up the item that he needed, whatever that piece the was, the artifact that he needed, um, because he was torturing Sulu, um, and then he was like, see your unity is weakness or like whatever so it became about this whole unity thing which i thought was very star trek and very good but i as i said to you yesterday i still think it's a big flaw in the whole plan here that like if you are the captain of a swarm and that's your like that's your thing then unity is is what you are by definition crawl so i don't know why you're yelling at other people for their unity when like clearly everybody unified with you I don't know. I just I feel like it was the wrong enemy for that theme. I think you I think you put too much stock in the word of unity. Because mm. to me, what it is is he calls out unity in the concept of the Federation's quest for peacefully growing, you know, society, right? right. Space society. And he, as we learn again, spoiler alert: twenty minutes in, if you haven't figured it out, you're a dummy. But uh, he was a soldier before he took the dive into being crawl, right? Right. Um, 
and then he turned into a captain for the Federation, and he felt like the way the Federation operated and with not having war is what had turned him. So I think what we're looking at is a guy who's been alive for hundreds of years who, like, like that's his summary of what's wrong with the Federation, is, like, their unity over war, mm. as opposed to people working together for a single cause. I think it's the cause of unity as opposed to the concept of unity is what he doesn't like. And gotcha. obviously you're not totally sold, and I agree. Maybe they just could well, use some better words. But. Yeah, well, then it's – I see what you're saying, <laughs> and I think that you're right. But then it's flawed in moments like that one that I think is so powerful where he's like, your unity. Because what he's calling out there is the, the loyalty they have to each other, which, of course, a swarm must have to each other or they wouldn't function. And, of course, soldiers would have to their fellow soldiers in a war. So it just – yeah, but see, I think the argument is, what are they fighting for? Because the Federation people don't want death. So they would, you know, kind of betray their convictions or whatever for the sake of keeping people alive. Unity. But somebody wouldn't let their fellow soldier die. I think they Not a would good soldier. If the point of it was like, I'm going to kill this soldier unless mm. you tell me where the bomb's hitting. Mm. Because that soldiers want to blow up this thing. Right. I mean, you have to expect a lot of, especially those types of soldiers whose job it is to crash into things, might have a bit of like a, it's okay if we die kind of concept. Yeah, right, kamikazes. Um, They have like a, yeah, expendable mentality. Sure. And that's why I think it's different. Because they wanted to stay alive for the unity, as opposed to maybe Kroll's crew unifies. Right. But for a not nice cause. And death is part of it. It's like the status quo. Right. But again, it's not a perfect explanation, but that's kind of more where I was taking away. Yeah, I think it's all fair, but I still think it's like a thousand percent flawed in the movie, the way that they explain it, the way they use that word and the way it's thrown around. Because what you're explaining to me now all makes sense, but I didn't get that from the movie myself, having just seen it once. Maybe if I watched it again, I'd be like, oh yeah, I see the sort of like intricacies and layers of this unity thing that you're talking about. But for me, having seen the movie once... I feel like I mean, it just it just comes from wherever you because then all that does then is weaken the the unity theme for like the actual like what we learned here of the story because it's just like it's just muddying unity for no reason then it makes the, the whole thing less powerful I mean I think he didn't use the word unity as often as you're saying he said it. he, said he it at like least used it in that times. scene <laughs> he, did, he did use it in that time right it's why it's the fixation on the word unity I think is what's throwing us off and I think if you had a problem with it in that scene and it's corrupting the rest of the Maybe. view of his stance. That's what's happening. But again, I only saw it once. Sure. Um, and I didn't walk away with the same uh, feeling about that. Gotcha. I mean, and not for nothing. And not to take anything away from this movie because it's like the worst thing to do to undermine the quality of something. But it's like just Star Trek. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. No, I mean, because it, it, it the movie wasn't... There was like a... Uh, like a a statement to be made, I suppose, right? Um, about like what was happening, but also too, they could have said a lot of that without Kirk riding around on a motorcycle for 15 minutes, you sure. know, like with hologram stuff, like where no plot is developing. Like, it's just like, look what we can do with stuff. Yeah. I think that's unfair though. And maybe it, it speaks to why you and I are interested in this genre in general or whatever, like sci-fi and sci-fan, as you said, mm-hmm. but like I'm here for the metaphors and for the lessons. I'm not here for any of the uh, that other shit. I'm really not. 
Well, then why wouldn't you want to watch the fucking slow-moving spaceship movie that has the story? I'm not saying you I just wouldn't watch this a it. Stupid action movie. I'm before. not saying I wouldn't oh watch it. I'm just saying that's what it is, and that's or that's what they made it. I didn't say it was stupid. Those are your but words. But it is an action movie. It is an action. And it movie. doesn't have to hit those points the same way because the point of an action movie, Amanda, <laughs> is the action part of it. And I think if you could walk away vaguely understanding what the hell they were talking about, then it probably did as close a job as it wanted to do. I think if you want to watch a movie where they really cover the complications of trying to unify an entire universe of people, then that's a very different movie. I don't think it's too much for ask for <clears throat> to ask for both, though. Like, I think what makes a really good sci-fi or sci-fan film or novel or video game or whatever is something that has all the cool stuff that's, like, fun and entertaining, but, like, also is, like, driving a thing home. The Force is, like, a beautiful fucking concept. In a stupid action movie, if that's what you want to call all of Star Wars, but like the metaphors there are there. But what do you think is more complicated or deep about the concept of the Force over? I'm just saying, at least it's not flawed. (laughs) Well, because what? No, because what is it? I mean, now I'm curious. Then what do you think it is that's so deep and revelatory about the Force in Star Wars, the original trilogy, right? Sure. That you think is much? I mean, for one, right? He says unity however many times he says it, in this one movie. Sure. And this movie is over. Yeah, it's only one the movie. The Force is right. three it's movies. Right. Beyond, right. Yeah. Four for you. Okay. <laughs> so, so, So I'm just curious, and what do you think the Force really, you know, where did it unravel for you in such a positive way that you think it's a much better thing? I mean, it's hard, because like you said, there's three movies, and, and it sticks to it the whole way through, and it doesn't get muddied by other stuff along the way. So, like... That's that, I think that's unfair. We'd, we'd have to you pick made another. That's why I bring it up. Okay, well, pick another sci-fi movie that stands alone by itself. That's like a really good. Well, because what I so my other thing here is I think we just keep watching Star Trek movies because that's the point of them. Is the the way you perceive they mentioned unity is the point of all Star Trek movies. Sure. So you keep watching them, and then maybe you'll feel the same way. But, but... if you're basing it on crawls statements in this movie right and then you're saying that they're not great i think we're looking at too small a specimen and um it's an action movie (laughs) that's fair it's tense here i'm bringing out the rumble music again at the end of this episode (laughs) um well let me so I'm going to change topics. Okay. It doesn't look like you got anything else to add, and I'm not going to add anything else. I so, just don't think it's worth it. It's a conversation, <laughs> and that's kind of the point of the show. <laughs> I don't know how much more interesting 20 minutes of us awkwardly staring at each other in silence trying to see who's <laughs> going to apologize first is going to make a great episode. Um, but we can certainly try it. Um, <clears throat> what I was going to say was that Star Wars is special to me in a way that Star Trek is special to other people, right? So when I heard episode seven was happening, like obviously I consumed everything I could, you know, every when even like the change in what is canon or not was very important to me because like it's just new content for me to take in, right? Star Trek never hit me that way, even with these new movies. But I walked away from Star Trek feeling like really happy. Like, like obviously I enjoyed the movie, but it hit it hit like a, a chord with me, I suppose, that was like, this is Star Trek to me, you know? And like, this is what I would like 
my version of Star Trek to be. And if they keep doing this, then I'm really glad I can be a fan of this Star Trek now. If that makes sense, you know? Mm-hmm. It doesn't have all the same, like, backlog of stuff as the TV shows do. But, like, if I can be a fan of this Star Trek. And I think it's kind of like this uh, Dark Knight kind of thing where Batman Begins was fine. Mm. But Dark Knight was great. Right. And I think this movie is really good. And I think it reframes the other two movies in a way that kind of elevate them all. Because now you see that they're part of the same story. Yeah. So you can accept some of the silliness or whatever in the earlier ones because you know you get to a better place. Sure. <clears throat> and that was kind of the feeling I felt when I walked away. Like I was just really like giddy about having experienced this movie, which is like a pretty ringing endorsement, I would say. That's pretty ringing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was really happy when I walked away from it. I really liked it. I thought it was good. I don't know if I had that whole feeling, but I liked it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, also, I mean, we're, we're just fans of different things. Sure. This is, like, up my alley in the only way it could be in up my alley. Space. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jerry likes space. Yeah, <laughs> I do like space. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, particularly I just, like space. Yeah, and I mean, that being said, I'm not taking it away from you. Right, right, right. We're just into different things, and this is, like, a very me thing. Yeah. And I guess it wasn't a you thing. No, I liked it. I liked the movie a lot. Yeah, I'm not saying that. Yeah. But I'm just saying that's why you didn't walk away feeling like the world yeah. was okay. No, it's right. true. It's true. I did not walk away feeling like the yeah. world was okay. <clears throat> because space. <laughs> <clears throat> um, so let's talk about things that weren't so great, aside from poor choices of words. I mean, that's my only real complaint about this movie, is that I felt... And it, it's not even... Not to bring it back to this conversation, but it's not even that... Um, Ding, ding. That it, I'm sorry, that it was like so terrible and they did a terrible job with this unity message or whatever. I just thought the unity message could have been more powerful. And I think that like that's a message that we need today. So I thought it was really smart to make this movie about this thing. And I guess I didn't walk away feeling as affected by it as I would have wanted to. I guess that's where I'm coming from with this with this thing. So can I are you really focusing on Kroll's interpretation of unity? Like, because he said this thing, but because he leads this army, that's why it's weird to you? Yeah, well, yeah, kind of. Because because I think um, the, the Enterprise crew is a fine, shining example of unity. And they go, like, of course they are. That's the whole point of Star Trek, right? To unify the whole universe or whatever. So they're all fine and dandy. And it's great that they um, meet this random alien, Jayla, mm-hmm. on this place and like and they at the end invite her to join starfleet academy like i think that's all amazing and very unifying and beautiful and whatever um so yeah i mean it just it, I, yeah i guess crawl just muddies it a little bit for me he takes something away from it a little bit because he's wrong right because he dies right because he's a bad guy because he's a bad does guy. that help at all or no it doesn't really matter well, it's sort of, no in, in a way, like, either, it sort right? of makes me sad for him because I feel like he just doesn't even understand. Like, at some level, like, he just, like... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. So, I don't know if that makes me feel better. I wish he understood, I guess. And he doesn't, and that's sort of sad. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's a little bit better. That's a better way to end this conversation. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean... I agree that I, I mean, I felt like there was a, a good amount of proper unity coming from the places where we were supposed to properly get it from. Like Absolutely. I, I, I agree. I had this like five minute thought train going in my brain where everybody is evacuating the Enterprise mm-hmm. and uh, people on the bridge are putting people in the escape pods. Yeah. And then they put a like an Indian woman in there because she's part of the crew. It's not like a thing. 
But I was like, this is nice because it's like a full shot of this woman and she's there and she has like a reflective face because she's acting because she's a person, <laughs> right? you know, and, uh, and that was like really nice. And she gets shot up into the air and I'm like, you know, like this is what it's about. But then I had to like think about it again because uh, like, I was like giving Star Trek so much props. I was like, it's so diverse. It really was, though. I'm, I'm interested to hear what you say your negative <clears throat> thing was. So say that first. Because, like, relatively, because we assume the crew is full of diverse people. Right. But you look at who we follow around, and it's John Cho and Zoe Saldana, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Carl Urban, Zachary Quinto. Quinto, yeah. Qu- I don't know. Um, Anton Yelchin, RIP. Pour one out. Um, Chris Pine. Like, a bunch of white dudes. Yeah. So it's like... Oh, I Spock. Right. Oh, you said uh, already. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. But, like, yeah, so the the main character scotty yeah not very diverse no definitely not but we know the crew is full of very diverse people and like species and ethnicities and genders and stuff anton yelchin trying to bang a green chick earlier in the movie yep um this is actually a really great segue because i think um we can talk a little bit about the simon Pegg george shikai conversation about sulu's character um which i think was really beautiful was it necessary? No. But was it unnecessary? No. Um, to have Sulu be gay. We see him with his husband and daughter, who, by the way, was also Asian. I had this moment where I was like, these Asian men have adopted an Asian daughter. Fine. Whatever. Eggs. It could happen. Sperms. Yeah. Sperms. Yeah, there's things. There's things. It's true. Yeah. It's true. It's the future also. I, yeah. Who knows what happens. <laughs> Who yeah. knows? Yeah. Good point. Yeah. They can mix their sperms yeah. and still have a daughter. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, but to let everybody here know Simon Pegg was really happy about this. He wanted to make Sulu gay and he wanted to make Sulu gay and uh, gay in honor of George Takai, who is a gay rights activist himself and is also gay, obviously. Um, George Takai was like, don't make Sulu gay. And he was kind of mad about it as a response because he felt like Gene Roddenberry had created this character and this wasn't a part of the character and why change this character and this whole thing. And in, it's basically, the, the argument boiled down to George Takai being more like, well, we can make more characters who are diverse things. Don't change the ones we already have. And um, Simon Pegg being like, well, we could change the ones we already have to make them more diverse or whatever. And I do think there's a balance there. And I do think they're both right and they're both wrong or whatever. Um, I, I had a train of thought. Oh, because the really diverse crew. So the thing is, like, if you made a black Kirk and he was Kirk, that would bother people. What you could do instead is make a whole new Star Trek franchise with a new captain who is played by Kravonzene Wallace or whoever you want to be the captain of your Enterprise or your new ship, not the Enterprise, right? Um, And do that. But so long as you're trying to stick to these original characters, I think it's fair that they appear the same way. And unfortunately, that makes them all white and men (laughs) and not gay, except for Sulu. Um, who's Asian anyway. The original captain in the first ship we see in the first Star Trek movie of this run of them is like an Indian dude. Yeah. If that helps anybody. Yeah. Well, I mean, and so that's like what I want to say. So like, like, if you're keeping all these characters, then you might as well make everybody else in Not, the in yeah. the fucking crew be anything but white dudes. And I think they did a pretty good job of that. I mean, there were certainly white dudes on the crew. I'm not trying to say there were zero, but there were a lot of alien folk. There were obviously non-white women and men. I thought there were a lot of women in general mm. on the crew, and I thought that was great just to see women. They look better in the outfits. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that's true. So, so yeah. So I think that was. I think that is something that this this run of Star Trek does well, and it does the best it can 
while still keeping to this thing. It's like what you always say about Mario, right? Like, do we need to fix Princess Peach? Or can Peach just be who she is and we just forget about her and do something else? Yeah. You know? Because uh, it's like, why are you going to take something and try to fix it? It's broken. Leave it behind. Right. Speedy Gonzalez is racist. Right. Let him be racist. It's fine. Right. He doesn't have to become a lawyer. He doesn't have to become a lawyer. He can just be Speedy Gonzalez. And instead, we'll make a new show about a mouse lawyer who <laughs> happens to be Spanish. Right, right. And his name is not Speedy Gonzalez. His name is, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Suey Cajon. Mr. Alvarez. <laughs> Whatever, you know. Um, so let me let me touch on the Simon Pegg thing. Mm, please. So George Sakai's statement came out first. And we read it. And I was like, he makes some good points. Mm-hmm. And you feel like, and maybe this is erroneous because anybody can be wrong regardless. But I'm like, he was Sulu. He's a gay man. Yeah. He knows what he's talking about. And I was like, <laughs> I was just going to give it to him, right? A couple days later, Simon Pegg comes out with his statement about his rationale behind the thing. And, you know, you read both, and I I feel like generally I walk away siding more with Simon Pegg for the following reasons. One, I feel like Sulu doesn't have a lot of backstory. I think generally most of them don't get a lot, you know. I think out of the several seasons it was on, a couple characters get a couple of bits or whatever, but... This is totally within the realm of possibility for them to do it. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think we ever saw Sulu with somebody. As opposed to if you tried to make Kirk gay, that would be like a big right, fucking problem because right. he slept with a lot of women. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, but so so I think this is a situation, especially too, because it's like Mario comes out every year, mm-hmm. right? Um, until these movies came out, these characters hadn't been revisited in a long time. Right. So it was also a lot of time to allow because now Kirk, though a ladies' man, is a shitty one, mm-hmm. right? He's hiding under beds and he gets kicked out of bedrooms and stuff like that. He ends <laughs> right. up getting beat up in bar fights. Sure. Um, Spock, who is always logical, is like way more thrown off. And he gets a girlfriend in the first movie. Yeah. So we're able to make these changes. So the changes to Sulu are okay to me. One, because he, him having family at Yorktown, I think yeah. that's what it's called, um, which is the space station that gets attacked at the end of the film, um, gives him more... A, a personal thing in it because his family's there, right? Mm-hmm. And he has some moments to shine toward the end. Yep. Um, having them be gay was ref- was looked at a little bit longer in the movie than I would have thought because mm. they definitely, like the editing definitely made it feel like, hey, he's kissing a dude. Right. As opposed to like... They didn't kiss, by the way. It was someone kissed someone's cheek. You're right. No, There's no lip locking. Because you could have walked away thinking they were like cousins or something. Yeah, they walk away like <clears throat> sort of holding each yeah. other. But yeah. it's really about him and his daughter more so, which makes sense. Right, yeah. But there was like a, yeah. So like you're supposed to be paying attention to the bit though, you know? Yep. Um, but Simon Pegg makes a good point in that you make a character, especially in Star Trek, because it is kind of a thing in Star Trek to create new characters for the one-offs. Right. And the character is just going to be defined by this thing. Um... And they'd just be this gay red shirt, right? Who would die, right? Yeah, um, or not die, but a random part, gay alien yeah. or whatever. But their gayness I mean, would somehow define them as a new character, right. and, you know. And like, I guess you could try to shoehorn them in in every movie moving forward, and it, it'll take or it won't take. But they're still going to be perceived as like the gay character, even if you give them fucking sharpshooter skills or they're a better doctor than Bones or anything, yeah. you know. So it makes sense. Today, at least, yeah. in 2016, right? Yeah. But it makes sense that you give this character that everybody already likes to be gay and then 
did we we talked about it yesterday actually? You're telling me about that um, that study, the pseudo study, where people have conversations with people and then reveal later on that they're somebody who is part of the topic they're talking about, right? Abortions, homosexuality, whatever. And that's kind of what they did with Sulu here. Is right. that Sulu sword fights on top of a drill, and then he does some fancy flying in number two. And right, now he's and you've gay. loved him this whole right. time, and you're like, well, I guess I do like a gay guy. Right, you know? totally. Um, so, and I felt like that—that that was probably the best way they could go because they're not going to kill off Sulu. Right. So they'll always have a gay dude on the crew. Sure. You know, which is nice. Um, and in terms of Roddenberry's vision, well, it's like again, you got to look at the time period. Because maybe he would want a gay character. Sure. And maybe he just couldn't get away with it. Yeah. But we don't know. But it's it's tough to call to say that you're sticking to your guns because this old dude who died a long time ago <laughs> wants it this way. You know? I totally agree with you on that. Um, <coughs> yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, both of them, I walk away feeling like both of them are right. Because mm-hmm. I think both things need to happen. That's why I think they're both right. right. right because right, right. I don't want Simon Pegg to be like, I made Sulu gay, so I don't need brown people on my crew. You know sure. what I mean? Didn't Which of course it. he didn't do. Didn't he say would it. never say. Don't be but I'm just saying. I'm not. I'm not. I'm right. not. But I'm just saying. Right. Somebody could be like, "Well, I made this character like this, right. so like, shut up about your all these other people right. or whatever." And I don't want anybody to do that, and I don't want anybody to do the other thing, being like, "I made a hundred brown people in the background of this shot. Right. My main guy's white. Whatever. Look at all those brown people. Because right. like, that's not right either. You know." So that's why I think they're both right. That's where I stand on it. Because I think they're both right because both things need to happen. Right. Not because, yeah, I said before that they could also both be wrong, but neither of them are wrong. Do you know what I mean? They're both right. It's not, it's not a question. Exclusively right, but not together right. I think. Obviously they have combating views. Specifically about, about Sulu. Right, 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 okay. right, right. But you're saying in right. general practice. As a general practice, right. yeah. Aside from this you one specific character. You can make existing character. characters different, and you can make new characters in a popular franchise. And I will go as far to not to say can, but to say should to both. Sure. Right. Sure. So yeah, Princess Peach should be better, but also let's make another character in the Mario universe or whatever. Right. Who is just better already, or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. Better right. to begin with. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um... Did you notice a difference in the vibe of this film, either from writing or directing or how it was shot or even how it was, like, the pacing of it? Because this one... Not all, J.J. All three of them have, have been different directors. Right. I think J.J. only did the first one. Robert okay. Orsini did the second one. Gotcha. He's a producer, and J.J. Abrams is a producer on this one. And then this one was Justin Lin, who right. is known for doing, like, a lot of, like, Fast and Furious stuff. Right. Um, so can you, like, tell that there was a difference or... I really can't, but I'm just an average schlub that, when it comes fair. to this stuff. Because you go see them in theaters. You well, and because care. most people are average schlubs, so I, I think nobody's going to notice the difference in vibe of these films. Right. Okay. No. No, no like an average person wouldn't notice. That's my ringing endorsement to I would you say, average people listening. <laughs> yeah, I would say as someone who, I don't know, I guess if we're making the comparison, maybe I have, I'm in a more advanced schlub, maybe. You're a more advanced schlub, I would say. All right. Um, you might be able to notice, but um, they're just very different movies. They've all been very different, you know? Yeah, that's the thing. It's hard because you can't really even compare them because on story and writing alone, they're also different. So it's hard um, to isolate like this frame when you're talking about something entirely different. Right. I will say one thing I really liked about it. Um, so eventually everybody gets separated when the ship blows up. Yep. 
and we find ourselves with some interesting pairings because it's always Spock and it's always Kirk, right? Right. It's always Sulu and Chekhov because they're always the ones still on deck, you know? Yep. Um, Ahura and Scotty are usually safe somewhere. Right. <laughs> right? So uh, it was just nice to see these pairings. So we got Kirk and Chekhov, right? So that kind of like this like older mentor, even though Kirk is still kind of young, mm-hmm. but like the experienced guy and Chekhov not having leadership responsibilities necessarily, like looking up to him. Yep. We got Bones and Spock. Yep. Who are like they're perfect yeah because you think kirk is like the human foil to spock but bones is really it because yeah because <laughs> like, he's like humanity right. right um and yeah spock is like vulcan so yeah it's a yeah at least in duo. i have to say bones <coughs> bones feels really different to me in this this revitalization of star trek than i remember him or think of him in the original series yeah, it was like he was a lot like spock. A doctor yeah yeah oh no i thought he was Maybe he's a little bit more dark in the movies, but he was always kind of like calling Spock out for being like heartless. Yeah, yeah, like, I don't know. It's just different. Like he wasn't it feels a little logical, different to me because you had said something like that that you thought Bones was more like logical. He was though. Yeah, but I in don't a doctory sort of way. Yeah, but like with that like human spin on it. Yeah, no, like, it's true. He had a human spin for yeah. sure. Um, but it, but I guess he fell somewhere between Kirk and Spock. Yeah, I re- I really really thought in the original series that Bones and Spock were often at ends mm. because Bones was like we can save this person and Spock is like we can't. Oh yeah 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 that kind of thing that's you know true. like what's worth it and what's not worth it yeah and that's where like that's why I guess the maybe logic it's the framing of the thing sure. it's the logic component where <laughs> it's throwing me off right because they have different logic different types of logic sure, correct sure, sure. but they both have this like sort of like doctory way of talking so I think when they disagree it's different than when Spock disagrees with Kirk because Kirk's just like all emotional right right right, right. Yeah, I'll give you that. I still anyway. think Bones was funnier than you're giving him credit for. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Um, I mean, he was my favorite character on the original yeah. show. So. I know, so that's why it's so weird that you just don't remember what he was like. <laughs> um, then we got um, Sulu and Ahura. And they make a pretty good little duo also, because they don't really interact with each other often. Yeah, they were, I thought that was great. Yeah, because they were stuck in the camp. So you kind of see them elevated to the leaders of the prisoners or whatever, which is cool. Yeah, it was cool. And then Scotty's off alone, and I feel like he's alone a lot, actually. Because he's in the engine room, so he doesn't Well, have... and he hooks up with Kirk. Jayla. Well, oh, Jayla, right, right. and then Kirk and um, Chekhov pretty quickly. So he's not alone for very long. It's true. I mean, in the first movie, we find him on a planet, like an ice planet, I think he's on. Um, and then in the second movie, yeah, he's just stuck in the warp court a lot trying to fix shit. So <laughs> right. I, I feel like he doesn't get with people a lot. Yeah, um, he doesn't. He so... never did on the show. No, it's true, because yeah. of his place. So yeah. it was kind of nice to see him interacting with yeah. Jayla even for a short bit. I agree. Um, and it's interesting, too, because obviously Simon Peck wrote the movie, so he could have he could have done a number of things. He could have made Scotty bang Jayla. Yeah, I'm glad he didn't. We can talk yeah. about that. Oh, I have nothing to say. There was no reason for them to bang. I'm glad there wasn't a yeah. romance there. I'm just glad. A oh. lot of times there just is. Sure. Because, for also no reason. <laughs> well, because there's like the one. There's yeah. always the one, you know. Um, so it was just Spock and Ahura still kind of duking it out. Right. And that was, like, super minimal. Yep, that was just normal, yeah. There was no real romance to yeah. this movie, and I feel great about that because it's unnecessary to just do it. Like you said, there was right. no reason for them to. Right. But oftentimes in this sort of genre in the past, in not 2016, they just would have just because. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot more... So I'm trying to think. Into Darkness, 
it wasn't even romantic. There was like a it was like a sexual thing because there was the girl played by some attractive big boobed blonde lady. Oh my god. I don't know her name. Alice Eve, I think. Um but uh she was there as like pretty much that role and Kirk kind of like goes goo goo gaga for it, but like mm-hmm. nothing substantial. Alice Eve. Yeah, it is yeah. Alice Eve, yeah. Um yeah, and then in the first movie it's all coming from Spock and Uhura, you know? Right. Um, and then, of course, too, once Alice Eve, like, her dad is the bad guy in the first one. Mm-hmm. Like, as opposed to just Khan. Right. Um, yeah, and then that dies down pretty quick, too. There's no, like, reconciliation at the end, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, we're about, we're about wrapping up. I mean, do you got any other thoughts? I have one very important point that I would like to make. Sure. The best thing, maybe not the best thing, thing one of the things I really like about this revitalized franchise um, is how beautiful everybody is. I'm not usually that person who, like, goes to the movie just to, like, look at beautiful people, but, like, I'm really into all of the people in this movie, in these movies. Oh, you've said it to me before. Like, I'm really into Chris Pine, I'm really into Zachary Quinto, I'm really into Carl Urban, I'm really into Zoe Saldana. Like, the list is just, like, just keep going. Right. The ugliest person in the movie. Oh, I'm super into John Cho. He's, like, my favorite ever. You know that. <laughs> uh, like, Simon Pegg is, like, the ugliest person in this movie. And he's not a bad-looking dude. So I just want to... It's, it's important. If, if it, if Idris he, Elba even looked good even when he was all fucked up. That's not true. It's totally true. When, when you <laughs> he's consider, a beautiful man. <laughs> okay, A, shut up. B, when you call him all this up, when he was, like, crawl-like Oh, on yeah, the planet, that's too or? far. I mean, when he was, like... Looking oh, human. I'd rather bang him when he was crawl, <laughs> as opposed to when he's got that like, weird, like Freddy Krueger face going on toward the end. I'd like to watch you bang him as crawl. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're much more likely to see that than this other situation you're trying to suggest, you crazy lady. Um, yeah, no, I mean, end of day, I really like it. I'm excited for more movies. I think they did confirm a fourth one. I also read. Uh, since Antonyochin's passing, J.J. Mm. Abrams said they have no plans to recast that character. Okay. So they'll write him off some way, either dying in movie or being promoted. Yeah, or he's somewhere, like right? <clears throat> but, um, and I'm just really glad we're away from the first movie so we could just get further into what this movie is. Totally. Kind of like how I feel about Ghostbusters. Yep. I just want to get away from everybody talking about that it's a thing so that we could just do the thing already. Yep. Um, and they Which keep... is what we felt like they did here, to be clear, right? Mm-hmm. That's how we're feeling now that we're at yeah, number three. Yeah, yeah, no, and so at number four, better. we're going right. to again feel that way, exactly. and that's why we're excited. Yep. Exactly. Because now they're just like, they've they've hit it. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And they've, they've gone away from the original stuff enough that they've established themselves as their own thing. Right. Out of the three movies, we've had two new villains. Right. Um, you know, Khan is kind of a staple, at least in the cinematic version. Right. And I suppose I can see them bringing back some other iconic ones. Like, maybe they'll bring back those lizard people. Um, I want to see The Trouble with Tribbles yeah, <laughs> as it, a film. You know, I was wondering, so in the very beginning of this movie, they were, like, dealing with those, like, little things. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, that was really fun. Which was fun, yeah. I have to say, yeah, the opening of this movie I thought was really on point. Because it was really perfect. It felt exactly like the original show. Mm-hmm. And it was funny and yeah. cute and just good, yeah. It it's was not, very pure. Yeah, yeah. It was like as like a cold it was, open. It was almost. lighter in a way that the open to the second movie kind of wasn't because it was kind of heavy because Spock almost dies at the end of that. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, no, this was much lighter. Yeah, it was great. Um, 
And it and it was interesting too to see Kirk kind of doubt his captainship, which is something it doesn't seem he ever really does on the show. Mm-hmm. I think um, when the movies start happening, at some point they all become like admirals or some high level shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, it's an interesting thing for them to address that like you're literally in uncharted space. So as the leader, you could feel like you're fucking lost. Yep. Um, which I thought was like a cool thing that you never really think about. Yeah. And of course, that's exactly what Kroll has to deal with, is that he he couldn't deal. And right. it just kind of elevates Kirk and his crew being like the crew that could. Right. Um, yeah, which was like nice. You know, which is nice to show that not only is their ship fancy, but like the crew is really an exemplary crew. Um, whatever. Just positive thoughts. Good totally. Job, guys. Yep. Good job, guys. Um, yeah, that's it. Anything else? No, we could get into a whole conversation about reboots and refreshes and redos, but uh, we talk about that enough. (laughs) And and I'm sure we'll talk about it again. Talk about it all the fucking time. This is an occasion where I feel okay that it's doing what it's doing. Yeah. Definitely in the case of this movie. That's what I'm saying. For sure. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. That was a weighted, yeah, for a second until you elaborate. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, in the case of Star Trek 3, Star Trek Beyond thousand percent yeah i feel great about it yeah yep well this has been another episode of dangerous to go alone we are a member of the broken jars broadcasting network um check us and all of our other brother sister podcasts out on brokenjars.xyz follow us on twitter at danger alone pod check us out on tumblr for d2ga.tumblr.com um follow me on twitter because I don't check the other Twitter very often. <laughs> uh, but J-A-Y underscore R-E-Y. You can find Amanda on the Danger Alone pod Twitter. Because that's the only place she wants to talk to you. Yeah. Um, and that's it. We'll be back uh, next week with another episode. I don't think we've got plans to watch anything. Oh my god, is Suicide Squad this Suicide weekend? Suicide Squad is oh this weekend. God. We might do another spoiler cast of Suicide that Squad. That was almost going to be my fact at the top of the show. I was going to say, I'm Amanda, and I'm excited to see Suicide Squad. You've had three facts this show. Can you save some for other shows? Well, I, that one won't be able to be used for another show, because I will have seen it by the time I we make you another show. You could be excited to watch it again. If you <laughs> uh, so thank you for listening, and we will check you out next week. Don't forget to leave a comment and rate us on iTunes because if you do it then we'll become super popular and then we'll make a million dollars and then we can just pump out shows all the time. And we'll give you all of that money. We'll give you some of it. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about it. We give back to our community. (laughs) Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.